welcome to Storytelling. This week's guest is a keynote speaker on intersectionality and code switching. She is author of a book called Hashtag Befriend Your Mind and a multilinguist known for her facilitation skills in challenging conversations to find common ground for different solutions. Her trainings include presenting and communicating in diversified communities and intersectionality wellbeing. Please welcome Kirti Darianani. Hello, Kirti, and welcome to the podcast. Hello, Debbie. Code switching. Can you tell us a bit more about this subject? It's about a multiplicity of identity in a human being and how they communicate in the world and the consequences and advantages that we have from being a code switcher, as I'd like to call it. Can you tell us a bit more about your personal background and how this relates? So if I go back to my background, it's very long-winded, but I was born and raised on an island called Curaçao, and I am Asian by background. So my parents are South Asian, refugee displaced from what would have been Pakistan, and I've been educated Dutch, and on the island you are with Caribbean cultures ranging from Latin to local communities. And that's a complete fusion of that becomes part of your identity. So how does this play out into the modern day world in terms of work and how we go about our daily business? So I never realized that I was really code switching till much, much later. And the reason I share this is I used to run a a yoga center for over 10 years. In that field, you're working very high level with self-awareness, people's mental health, what causes them to feel stressed out or anxious or burnt out. And in that classroom, I would have to sometimes teach in five languages. And that meant dealing or communicating with a range of cultures. And often what I would find myself is that you notice that not one framework fits anybody. And you'd have to be very discerning about the language you use, how you would bring it together, how you would connect with the person in a deeper level for them to open up and share their emotions and share what's really bothering them. And it always moved towards issues in relationships, you know, they would try to want to have better relationships in the work environment, wanting to have better relationships with their family, with their children, or even in their partners. So often, the problem really started with, I'm not communicating okay, and it's causing me a lot of stress. So when you are a code switcher, for example, you are taking in what the person is experiencing and how much of their culture affects the way they're communicating in a relationship. And then I'd have to apply different formats 
of yoga from models. They have uh, ways to train the mind and for them to see their relationship and reassess it to make the changes. So it's a much deeper approach on how to become, it's almost like you're becoming friends with your relationships to gain some insights and realizations to shift the narrative, be it in work or personal. So this is a way of someone to get to understand someone else from another culture in terms of not making those prejudgments, taking time to understand their point of view, for example. Yes, that is one of them for sure. If you think about an example in your life where you felt very stressed out or you felt like you were stuck in something, how much of it that you're thinking about that life and you're are always concerned who you're going to speak to about the situation because you're already very vulnerable and you're judging yourself really harshly about the relationship because you're trying to fix it or trying to do things differently. And so what happens is when you go into a conversation, you're very careful what you want to share because you don't know what's that judgment on the other side. And this is where self-awareness comes in really handy is because the person who is listening is being a listener. They set their points of view aside to listen with an open mind and an, I would like to say an open heart as well. So that's if you're lucky to speak with someone that's got an open heart. Often people find themselves having to be too mindful in terms of who they're presenting in front of or who they're speaking to which can lead to that individual maybe not being forthcoming, maybe not speaking up, maybe not expressing who they really are. Yes. And one of the awkward conversations I always find myself in, that's why I'm, I'm laughing um, on this side of the conversation, is because we are imposing almost mindfulness and we impose authenticity, meditation. We impo- when we impose it on someone at the wrong time, or we impose advice right away by seeing it only through our lens, the person who just opened up shuts down. And when you're working with multiple identities, so we go back to that code switching, I have Eastern heritage, but I also have Western heritage. And what that really means is that the way from an Eastern perspective, we've been raised not to talk about our personal stories in in depth in public spaces. And in the West, they encourage storytelling and they encourage you to speak. But when you're having to take that moment to share something, person inside is going to start feeling a little conflicted because they have to choose. And so if they do end up speaking and sharing their story and right away somebody gives advice of, oh, you need to be mindful, you need to have, you know, you need to do this or you need to do that, it shuts the person down. And so where I share a lot about is is the word discernment, is you standing back and assessing your quality of empathy or your quality of advice about mindfulness, you want to take care of what you're saying and why you're saying it and what are the consequences it has for the other person. There are a lot of companies right now who have jumped on the diversity bandwagon. So what advice would you give to those companies when they say, we really want to be diverse, we really want to be inclusive? I always like to say, speak less, listen more, but that's very simplistic. 
what you want to do is recognize that by bringing in someone who just looks the part does not necessarily mean it understands the situation. If you're going to bring in well-being and mindfulness, the reality is when we get to work, we're always going to watch authentic we want to be in the room. So when we want to choose people to deliver courses, like I do for presentation, what was very surprising is that it does make a difference if there's more representation on, for example, for coaches, or if you have representation for people who give presentations. Because a lot of the times, often, If there's always a person, for example, that is from a Caucasian background, Asians don't open up that easy to that because they're always feeling that they have to watch how much of the heritage can be spoken about. So my advice would be is give an opportunity to take on a different approach rather than just taking a box and making it look one way. And then have more conversations, create pods of conversations with a facilitator who can navigate different cultures in a room. And that is very necessary. So it's merging qualities of facilitators who have self-awareness combined with communication skills from an international perspective. Of course, you know, what it means for a business is that the more diversified they are in terms of viewpoints and problem solving, the more profitable it is for those companies. It is more profitable, but we also say that sentence because we know it, but then how much are we really practicing it in depth? We practice it on a very superficial level. So we know that it's more profitable to have different perspectives in a room But what happens is if you have different perspectives and there's one dominant culture in the room, the other perspective often gets dismissed or gets shut down or silenced. And then they don't feel like they've had that different perspective has had equal chance to be assessed, introspected or thought about. So what you want to do is ideally is have conversations where we're not running away from difficult conversations, or let me put it this way, challenging conversations and finding that maybe these different perspectives, there is another solution or there's another way of seeing things, but we got to give all perspectives equal time and equal amount to speak up and, as I say, be heard about it. And there's the unspoken communication of speaking up because it's one of those honest forms of communication that some people are and some people aren't ready to hear. Exactly. I've seen that over and over and time and time again, even in the way that we give feedback. We talk about conscious bias, unconscious biasness. We talk about prove yourself biasness. It's great. We're always talking about it, but talking about it, it's almost like you're keeping up with appearances. You know, I want to look good because I'm really invested in diversity. But then when it comes to really that moment where it challenges our perspectives, we tend to shy away from it or avoid it or get irritated or feel like negative emotions. And then we start saying the things that we don't mean. And sometimes, Having to be like a diplomat, I always think about a code switcher as like a diplomat. 
you're weighing up the different identities' perspectives. You're weighing it up and you're not thinking about it from a moral point of view of what is right and what is wrong. You're thinking about is what is going to be the long-term consequence, the short-term consequence of bridging these two different perspectives together. How can we change the way we question and ask questions to find out more so that the room doesn't feel safe, it feels supportive to come with a different idea or a different perspective. And that's where I think it's still, I don't see it as much yet. I think we're still hiding behind this, I almost think like a screen, just so that we feel safe and not hijack our jobs as well. Because a lot of people don't speak up because they're very concerned how it's going to affect their financial security or their life security. That's an important point to raise, the reasons why some people do not feel comfortable speaking up in a corporate environment. It's because when they do, it's often seen as negative. But have you come across companies where they have actually embraced this? I mean, I've lucked out. I'm not going to say I haven't. I lucked out only because I met a lady who has been very supportive. And that only happened because we had dialogue back and forward about this conversation. If the person is open to it, you know, that connection makes it easier to have this conversation in a corporation. But if you don't have that connection, it's really difficult to get through that front door. And especially if you are like me, a woman of color, it it does make a difference. And I have had that firsthand experience about it. Now I've come to understand is being more open and having to talk about code switching. It's almost as if you're telling someone, oh, here, this is what's going on. And they go, oh, I never thought about it. So you're raising awareness first before you can even talk about it in a different platform or have a conversation in different corporation. What is the best way to move forward with code switching or intersectionality, as we sometimes call it? I like to think representation matters. It does matter. It, you want to take care of who you're giving a course to who. And you want to understand that if you are primarily giving courses from a certain background, another amount of different backgrounds are going to feel left out. But then again, we are creating more exclusion in a certain way. You know, how do you become more inclusive is to have these conversations about knowing when to take a decision, when to bend a certain time and when to flex another time. Realizing your identity is always going to switch or your authenticity is always going to fluctuate depending on the room. And you want to have those conversations more into corporates at least, or even in public spaces. It's important to have them so that people feel supported, not safe, because safe can also imply a sense of mold in or fit in so that the room doesn't get uncomfortable. Because that's where code switching started is people tend to switch to make the room at ease. But in this case, you're code switching not to make the room at ease, but to get the room to wake up that there is another way. And this conversation has to be more visible so that we can open the doors for other code switchers to be able to support other code switchers. Kirti, I just want to say thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. 
If you would like further information about Curti and about code switching, then please follow the link in the show notes.